Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from Fanball.com, here's the host for Fantasy Football Weekly, Paul Charchian. It is time for a playoff edition of America's longest-running fantasy show, Fantasy Football Weekly. I am your host, Paul Charchian. My co-hosts today are Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson. Hello, guys. What's up? At what point do we apologize to Mitch Trubisky about his Thursday night performance. Do we owe any uh, We don't have to apologize no, for okay. anything. Yeah we, didn't call we, yeah, we didn't call a bad okay, game good. coming. For... It sounds like a happy trombone ski yeah, right there. Yeah, what, I, what I'm really disappointed in is I've got this great, horrible trombone solo, and I've only been able to use it one time because Mitch has been good. Come on, Mitch. I bring back this version. Of Mitch Trubisky. He's got the Vikings coming up. That's going to be... Uh, that's week 17. That's, oh, is it 17? Okay, yeah. Right. We won't be here. Um, I think he's got Chiefs and... Uh, no, Packers next week. No, we're here this year. Oh, yeah, we are here. This, this year, year. we're bad. here on week We're 17. always here, actually, aren't we? Yeah, we're kind of always here. That's right. Um, as always, we're going to break down every game. Well, not the Thursday game. That already happened. But I got a good feeling Mitch Trubisky is going to have a good game. We're going to give you letter grades on every player. We'll give you our rationale for every grade so you can decide whether or not you're on board with us. A few minutes from now, we're going to give you nine guys upon whom you can take a chance. Many are available on the waiver wire a little later on. We'll have three tough questions answered for you. And... We'll uh, run through all of the matchups. Get you ready for the playoffs, guys. The what I what I always love is okay. It's the playoffs. <clears throat> that means this really counts. I need you to give your very best possible. Advice. Oh yeah, we were given the the crap Crappy, analysis exactly. before. <laughs> like we were trying the rest of the year. Yeah, but now it really love counts. getting that on Twitter. Yeah. I really need this one. It's the playoffs. Got to do better. Uh, let's jump. Uh, let's jump right into the matchups. Our first matchup is with Brian Cincinnati taking on uh, Cleveland. Cincinnati is your adopted squad for uh, Joe Mixon. It's been he's slowly gotten better over the course of the year to now to this point. He's got my highest ranking of the entire season 
in this matchup. What do you think about Joe Mixon this week? Yeah, speaking of doing better, Joe Mixon has scored in four of his last six games, but not an ideal spot to stay hot this week. Over their last five games, Cleveland is holding opposing backs under 100 combo yards per game, and they've allowed just three total touchdowns over those five games to running backs. Mm -hmm. But you have to play Mixon on volume alone, so I'll give him a B here. Also going to give Tyler Boyd a B, borderline A. Slot receivers James Washington and Alan Hearns have scored against the Browns over the last two weeks, and Tyler Boyd has scored in his last two games against the Browns. So, boom. Let's make it an A. A for my boy, Tyler Boyd. Okay. A.J. Green, John Ross, Auden Tate. Let's talk about these guys. Green won't play. John Ross might. Yeah, I Uh, I think he's going to get at least some time in this game. Tate definitely will, but I'm not starting any of these guys. The Browns have allowed just one boundary receiver to score over their last six games, and that was Cortland Sutton. The corner duo of Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward is legit, so they're all on the bench. Boyd is the only wide receiver I'm playing. Tyler Eifert, two touchdowns the last time he faced the Browns hmm. on December 11th, 2016. I was just going to guess what year it was. Okay. <laughs> it's been that long since he's seen the Browns. He's on the bench. He's dead to us. Andy Dalton, though, you give him a C. Multiple touchdown passes in six of his last seven games against the Browns. If Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff, Brandon Allen, it was Jared Goff on the road, I believe, Brandon Allen and Ryan Fitzpatrick can throw multiple touchdown passes against Cleveland this season. Mm -hmm. I think Dalton has a chance too. Over to the Cleveland side, Nick Chubb going to give him an A. The last running back to score through land or air against the Browns was Mark Ingram in Week 10, so they've been kind of tough against the run. Since then, they've blanked uh, the likes of Josh Jacobs, Benny Snell, and Le'Veon Bell, but opposing backs are still still averaging 100 combo yards per game, so Chubb gets an A, and Kareem Hunt will get a B. Opposing backs are averaging five-plus catches against Cincinnati over the last three weeks, and during that span, Hunt has caught 13 passes, while Nick Chubb has just four catches. So, easy hunt for uh, B for Hunt, maybe an A in PPR even. Yeah. I'm going to mention the wide receivers now, and the first one I'm going to talk about is Jarvis Landry, well, not Odell the, Beckham. Well, he's the leading receiver. 65 catches, 919 yards, five touchdowns for Landry. 57, 805, and 2 for Beckham. Brutal. Uh, Cincinnati is the only team in the NFL with an opponent passing play percentage under 50, though. That doesn't bode well for either of these guys or the passing game. Hmm. Landry's been red hot, garnering 10-plus targets in five of his last six. He's moved around quite a bit, but should still run primarily out of the, from the slot where he'll see Darkies Denard, who has allowed just 10 of 18 passing for 90 yards and no touchdowns. So it's he's a tough been, matchup. He's been yeah. good, yeah. I think he's truly a slot corner, and whenever they try to play him elsewhere, it doesn't work out. But in the slot, Denard is very good. Agreed. And uh, So this is a better matchup for Odell Beckham. Um, probably the, one of the better matchups of the season for him. But again, volume is a concern, but opposing wide receivers are averaging under 17 targets per game against the Bengals. Not a lot mm-hmm. of volume there, but Robbie Anderson had seven catches for 101 yards last week. Beckham can do the same, one would think. David Njoku, not activated yet, so we're not going to talk about him much, but he still has Arizona next week, so he's worth mastering. You know, pick, pick him up yes. now for that Arizona matchup next week. At, you know, you got to figure... For those that are still allowed to make waiver moves, he'll be a hot waiver wire guy next week. So if you want Njoku for free, effectively, go pick him up now. Uh, I should I didn't mention, though, I gave a B to both Landry and Beckham. And Baker Mayfield also gets a B. 284-3 and three and 258-4 and four in the two games against Cincy last season. This is the first meeting, by the way. Very hmm. late for yeah. a divisional, the first divisional matchup. Uh, but again, how much will the uh, Browns need to pass in this one? The Bengals understandably limited Sam Darnold, the combo of Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph, and Derek Carr in recent weeks, but they're still ranked 31 against the pass by football outsiders. Baker should do fine, but his ceiling's a little capped here just to be. 
All right. Uh, Matt, let's move over yeah. to San Francisco taking on the Saints. Those are two good defensive teams. And let's start with the 49ers uh, side of, of this one. Raheem Mostert splashed big time last week. We're going to talk about in, him in depth a little later. What do you think of uh, Raheem Mostert and the rest of the running game for the 49ers in this matchup? So I was going to say this is a really good reality game, mm. but a pretty bad fantasy game for yeah. the most part here. Um, I got all the running backs on the bench because it's Shanahanigans all over again. Touch leaders in the backfield over the last five weeks have been Brita, Brita, Coleman, Coleman, Mostert. Yeah. And now Jeff Wilson is back involved again, too. Uh, Mostert's huge day last week was the only back in that span that topped 80 rushing yards for the Niners. No back has topped 83 yards on the Saints all year, and they've only allowed one rushing score to a running back in the last seven games, so they're all on the bench. Um, I don't really like much in the passing game either. I'm giving Jimmy Garoppolo a bench grade. Garoppolo's put up three big games this year. They were two against the Cardinals and one against Cincinnati. In his other nine games on the season, he's averaging 206 yards and 1.1 touchdowns per game. So unless you had the number one overall pick last year or the number one overall pick this year, he's not doing very well against (laughs) right. Yeah. So we should call him Jimmy Three. Yeah, pretty much. Jimmy Three good games. Uh, The Saints have allowed multiple scores to each of the last four quarterbacks they've faced, and two of those four have topped 300 yards, but I still don't think Jimmy G's getting it done. Mm. Uh, George Kittle I am giving an A grade to. Uh, Kittle has topped 85 yards or scored in five of his last seven, and the Saints have given up four relevant fantasy days to tight ends in the last four weeks, so I think Kittle's just an auto start. Emmanuel Sanders gets a C. Debo Samuel's on the bench. Sanders led the team in targets and catches last week, but that was only six and four respectively he seems to be over the rib injury but he's not over Marshawn Lattimore who he should draw shadow coverage from this week on the Saints side Michael Thomas easy a yep I am giving an A grade to Alvin Kamara as well. And there's, oh, there's now I, I'll right? remind yeah, you. Hey, the, I, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get right into all the shade that needs to be thrown here. All right, okay. Um, he hasn't topped 100 rushing yards all year. He's scored only twice, both in one game. Yes. On the positive side, a running back has topped 80 total yards on the Niners in six of the last seven weeks. That'll be Kamara. Mm-hmm. And Kamara has seen reception totals of eight. 10, 9, and 4 in the last four weeks. Those are huge reception totals. And in PPR leagues, he's still just an auto start. I think he's an A start. Nobody in the in the playoffs right now is thinking about benching nobody's Alvin got, Kamara. Yeah, nobody's got Alan Kamara in the playoffs because they're all out. Uh, maybe. Um, Drew I got Bre- a bye. <laughs> Did you? Good job. Drew Brees, I'm only giving a C grade 2 over the last 11 games. The Niners are only allowing 143 passing yards and under a touchdown per game to opposing quarterbacks. The only quarterback who have burned the Niners over the last two months mm-hmm. were the mobile Lamar Jackson and the mobile Kyler Murray twice. Right. Drew Brees' mobility mobile. <laughs> might be improved if he played with one of those hover-round electric wheelchairs. Oh, that'd I think be good. that might help him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared Cook also on the bench. The Niners have been awesome against the tight end this year. Only two tight ends have topped 32 yards against them all year. And they've only allowed three scores to the position. Um, why can't... Um... Why can't Drew Brees be on? What was the Paul the 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 mall cop Paul Blart mall cop, mall cop Oh, like a Segway. Segway. Yes. Okay. Why can't he be on a Segway? He, he could. I mean, that would work. Are, are there specific rules in the NFL yeah, that wait, state that you can't me, yeah, ride motorized that's, vehicles? That's right. Show me in the in the rule book for the NFL <laughs> where it says it, it you just, can't be on a Segway. It just has to match the uniform. That's all they care about. If it matches the uniform. Yeah, well, yeah. They, is it the my, my kids are really good at those hoverboard the things. Yeah, yeah. Bree, Breeze might might do well on those. I think I'd break my back. On yeah. Those. Uh, Ravens taking on the Bills. Another. Uh, we've you know we're starting out with a lot of low scoring, tough defense. R- really good. Re- 
reality games this week that yeah. aren't going to lend to a lot of fantasy points. Yeah, and this is Baltimore Buffalo is yeah. a great reality game, and there aren't that many fantasy points to be had. So we're going to do go through the charade with Lamar Jackson, where I'm going to tell you all the reasons he should have a bad game. What? Why? And then you're going to start him anyway. Why are we going to do that? And I'm going to give him an A grade anyway. Church, we have we don't have the time for this. Here are <laughs> the reasons you should bench Lamar Jackson outright, and we'll never bench Lamar Jackson outright. The Bills ranked fourth in passing yards allowed, second in passing Man. touchdowns allowed. Um, they are have allowed the third fewest quarterback rushing yards, just eight rushing yards per game. <gasps> Two of the past 27 quarterbacks to face Buffalo have scored a rushing touchdown. Yawn. And I'm giving him an A grade anyway because Absolutely. the rules just don't apply to Lamar Jackson right now. Uh, staying, uh, staying with the Ravens, and maybe even the passing game. The only the only member of the passing game that you can start here is Mark Andrews. It is a tough matchup, though. The Bills have allowed the second fewest receptions, yards, and touchdowns to tight ends. They're basically the top tight end defense in the they league. They basically are the top tight end defense. And Andrews only gets a B because he's been that good. No, no tight end has topped 60 yards against the Bills. And only one tight end has topped 50 yards. And that was Jonu Smith, who did it on one fluky long catch. So it's a brutal matchup. And Mark Andrews probably deserves more like a C grade here, but he's been so good for much of the year, I'm giving him a B anyway. Oh, it sounds like you're going to play the players that got you there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We hate that. Then, Marquise Hollywood Brown, averaging a pedestrian 36 yards per game over the last six weeks. So you need him to score. So will he score? Answer, no. Because he's going to get shadowed by Tredavious White, who is not allowed a touchdown all season. So he's out, too. Where does that leave us? Mark Ingram. Over the last three games, the Bills are allowing fewer than 14 rushing attempts, the fewest, for only 57 rushing yards, fourth fewest. Last week was only the second time since week four that Mark Ingram did not have 100 rushing yards or a touchdown, and that was against a tough 49ers defense. This is also a tough draw here, but Mark Ingram usually gets it done, so he gets a B grade. Overall, it's it's tough. If if Lamar Jackson is going to f- have a flop game, this is the one. But you're still starting him. <laughs> Let's go to the Buffalo side. We've only got a couple of starting grades here, beginning with a C grade on Josh Allen. Over the past month, the Ravens are giving up 10.5 points per game. That's it. Only Patrick Mahomes has topped one touchdown against the Ravens. And while Josh Allen's rushing prowess is always a wild card, the Ravens have stymied other good rushers this year, like Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson. The Ravens have allowed the third fewest quarterback rushing yards as well. So it's all it all it's all bad for Josh Allen. The only other starting grade I've got is Devin Singletary. The Ravens defense much more vulnerable on the ground than through the air. Aside from shutting down Todd Gurley two weeks ago, the Ravens have allowed 100 rushing yards or a touchdown to a running back in each of their last four games. And Devin Singletary averaging 18 touches since he supplanted Frank Gore. So I think but just between all the usage and the fact that you can't pass on the Ravens, Singletary's got a, a reasonable chance at a good game here. We're not going to start John Brown in a brutal matchup. Against a revenge game. No it is a revenge. You're right. I it was hoping to hear the game. duck. We're the revenge <laughs> duck. I forgot about the revenge duck. Thank you. Revenge duck is back. Um, over the last two weeks, he's averaging just 33 yards on less than three catches per game. That's John Brown. But the important thing to know is since the Ravens got Jimmy Smith back from injury and traded for Marcus Peters and have had those two in the same backfield, basically nobody passes for anything. And that's the case there. 
Yes. I was thinking just Lamar Jackson, you're toiling over starting him. Most people who own him probably have a buy, which is the, the oh, silver lining. Which, which, which is absolutely great because they yeah. need that buy this week. Yeah, yeah. They might. Uh, exactly. it, like it's it dangerous. Could be the one time. where he tanks it. Yep. It could be. I mean, I just I really think if there's one game where Lamar ja- Lamar Jackson has the bad game this is up, but I'm still giving him an A because he's just oh, too good. Oh, agreed, agreed. I'm just saying yeah. a lot of owners will they have a buy most likely that own Lamar Jackson. Everything charts available for you at fanball.com by going to fanball.com slash charts. You get instant and access to my free weekly rankings, my free $1,000 weekly contest, super flex salary cap contests, our podcasts, and much more. Again, fanball.com slash charge. Coming up next, a segment we like to call Take a Chance on Me. Nine players who you would not normally start, but you can this week. Find out who they are when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Weekly returns. It's called Take a Chance on Me. Nine players not normally in your starting lineup, many of whom are available on the waiver wire. My co-hosts and I are going to provide three quarterbacks, three running backs, and three receivers we believe are unusually startable this week, beginning with Brian Johnson in the quarterback position. Who you got? All right, we heard the revenge duck. Now I need the duck duck. (laughs) Devlin. 
the distinction <laughs> yeah. very slight yes. between those ducks. Devlin Duck Hodges at Arizona. This is quite simple. Uh, Arizona has surrendered the most passing touchdowns in the league with 31. They've surrendered 300-plus passing yards in five straight games. <laughs> Duck has turned the tables on the Hunters because he's got the gun. He's got a cannon. And the Cardinals have allowed 60 pass plays of 20-plus yards. How about that? Six, 60. Zero. Ducks greater Duck. than Cardinals. Hodges. I think if a real duck and a real cardinal got in a fight, oh, I'd, I'd take the duck. I'd take the cardinal. They are mean. That is a mean, mean bird. You should see ducks the ducks are laid back. The Blue Jays in my backyard oh, beat up too. the cardinals. Oh yeah, they're mean too. The jerks of the avian world. No, they for sure they are. You want to want to hear about another jerk? Yeah, Sam Darnold was a jerk last week <laughs> yeah, against Cincy. He really was. <laughs> <laughs> but he's the quarterback against the Dolphins, and that's basically it. The Dolphins have been the slump buster uh, for every quarterback. Multiple scores for each of the following fantasy studs, and I use that in parent or, uh, quotation marks: uh, Phil Rivers, Case Keenum, Mason Rudolph, Baker Mayfield. They even let Carson Wentz get back in the positive last week. Darnold's coming off a bad game against the lowly Bengals, and the prior two games against Washington and Oakland, he was averaging over 300 yards and three scores per game. I think Darnold's probably on that again this week. 303. You calling it? Calling it. All right. I'm now I'm wondering what our slump buster sound should be. <laughs> I really hope Darnold makes out all right this weekend. I, I think he's going to be okay. <laughs> oh. uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick goes up against the Jets in that same game. And you know what this is? It's revenge. Oh. It's time for the revenge duck as Ryan Fitzpatrick takes on the Jets. He faced the Jets in week nine, 288 yards and three touchdowns oh. for Mighty Stewbeard. Volume will be Fitzpatrick's friend. Since week six, opponents are throwing 38 passes per game against New York. They're a great run defense, and Miami can't run at all. And they're a terrible pass defense, and Stewbeard's the best thing going. When Fitzpatrick throws 38 or more passes, he averages 301 yards. Big game coming for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let's go to the take a chance on me running backs. Brian? I'm staying with the Steelers and going Jalen Samuels at the same Arizona Cardinals, of course. James mm-hmm. Conner has been ruled out. Yes, Benny Snell will start, but Samuels will assume all of the third down work and could be in line for an expanded role if Pittsburgh somehow manages to fall behind, which isn't all that unrealistic. Um, Arizona has been a, good, been a good matchup for pass-catching backs as of late. Outside of the Rams runners, who are rarely targeted, the Cardinals yielded catch totals of 13 and 12 to the backfields of San Francisco and Tampa Bay in their last two games mm. prior to the LA game. And then there's more receiving angles here. Juju looking kind of dicey. No, he's, he's, out. he's out. He's out. He's ruled he's, out. Okay, yeah. my bad. Uh, Vance McDonald. Jalen Samuels might be a better tight end than Vance McDonald is. <laughs> and we all know how tight ends do against the Arizona Cardinals. So, yeah, like Jalen You're changing Jalen Samuels' position? Yes. yes. That's wow. right. Don't get, let Yahoo yeah. know, because they'll make anybody a tight end over <laughs> well, there. They did last year. Uh-huh. <laughs> They've done it several times. Uh, Matt, you're taking a chance to be running back. I planted my flag in one of the Buccaneers running backs, and so I'm trying to decipher this one, so hear me out. Okay. Ronald Jones is still the starter, but Peyton Barber shows up and kills you ever so often, mm-hmm. like he did last week. But the Bucks have essentially split the backfield in games where it's close or where they're leading. The line in this game is Bucks by three, so it should be one of those games. So what backs have had the most success against the, against the Colts in recent weeks? Well, yes. It's Derrick Henry. Okay. It's big Carlos back. Hyde. All right. It's Leonard Fournette. Bigger backs. It's Trey backs. Edmonds. Okay. All four of them have the same thing in common. They're 225 pounds or more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ronald Jones is 200 pounds. Peyton Barber, 225. Aha! Ah, 
There we go. Okay. If it's going to be a close game, we're looking at both of these guys in the 12 to 15 carry range, but Barber's going to have the success. Okay. I like it. Calling your shot. Yep. Um, I, I tweeted this earlier, uh, I think last Sunday. There are approximately 40 million Americans and Canadians who play fantasy football. Glad you kept the Canadians in there. Well, yeah, they count. And What's that, a boot? A boot. They, there isn't one person who has successfully started either Peyton Barber in all the right weeks and benched him in all the right weeks, or Ronald Jones started him in all the right weeks well, and benched him in all the right nobody's weeks. broken it down like I just did right there. No, that's that, going to that be the it. angle right yep. there. Uh, my take a chance of me running back has not scored a rushing touchdown in two years. That's Devonta Freeman. It's come Ooh. to this. It was the the playoff game before the Minneapolis Miracle. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, the Panthers are the opponent this week. They've allowed a rushing score in eight straight games. They've given up 19 running back touchdowns this year. Carolina's given up at least 152 combo yards to their opponents in five of the last six games. What was the one game in the last six in which they did not give up 152 yards? It was the Falcons. Brian Hill. And Brian Hill. <laughs> Watch so, Brian Hill get three touchdowns. Exactly. In that, that, I thought about that. I'm like, oh, I should just go Brian Hill right now. But Freeman should get the majority of the work here as pedestrian as he's been. He should get the majority of the work in a great matchup. Let's go to the receivers. Who is your take a chance on me, receiver, Brian? I'm staying in the desert in Arizona, but I'm going to the other sideline with Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> I can't believe using Larry Fitzgerald as a take a chance on me, receiver. Well, it's come to this. It's, for sure. it's, 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 it's been like for a while. He has provided a safe floor as of late with catch totals of eight, five, and six. But there is potential for a ceiling here, uh, especially if Arizona is playing from behind. Slot, slot wide receivers have fared well against Pittsburgh in their last three. Landry, uh, Jarvis Landry had six for 76. Tyler Boyd, five for 101 in a touchdown. And then it was Jarvis Landry uh, again, or it was going you know, back in time, had four for 43 and one. Even Miami's Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson both scored from the slot against Pittsburgh not long ago. So let's go, Larry Fitz. All right. Uh, I got a double bonus uh, take a chance on me wide receiver here. But first, I got to ask you a question. Which one of these names does not belong here? Zach Pascal, Marcus Johnson, Donovan Reiners, or Ashton Doolin? Um, All of them don't belong in the NFL. (laughs) Three of them are Colts wide receivers that received a target last week. The fourth is a kid from my son's soccer team. (laughs) Okay, great. Pascal is the obvious play uh, with T.Y. Hilton officially out. But Marcus Johnson becomes interesting. He had six targets, four receptions, and 55 yards last week. And this week against Tampa, the Bucs have allowed the most receptions and yards to wide receivers and the second most touchdowns in the league with 19 on the season through 12 games. Marcus Johnson is even in play in a deep league. I think it'd have to be very deep, but yep. yes. Buccaneers uh, secondary has been strangely competent the last couple of weeks, but I don't trust it. All right, our final take a chance on me player is a tight end. Not only is he a tight end, he is the tight end. In that, he has he's the highest scoring fantasy tight end over the last six weeks, and he's available in half of the leagues. That's Kyle Rudolph. Since Adam Thielen's injury... He has scored six touchdowns in six games. When he faced Detroit in Week 7, this week's opponent, five catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown for Kyle Rudolph. Since that Rudolph touchdown in Week 7, the Lions have surrendered four more tight end touchdowns, including touchdowns to the likes of Foster Moreau, Ben Broniker, and Jesper Horstead. If those guys can score on the Lions, why not Kyle Rudolph available? in half of leagues. 
Those are solid NFC North splits. Those are some <laughs> NFC North Those splits right there. Brownecker and Jesper, what, what's his face? Or Bears. Harstead. But, yes. Jesper Harstead. Um, let's go to uh, work in one or maybe even two matchups into this segment. Denver taking on the Houston Texans. And Brian, Drew Locke got his first start last week. Looked quasi-competent. What do you think about him this week against an inconsistent Houston Texans secondary? Well, first off, this is the battle of teams who paid Brock Osweiler to play football. <laughs> That's a good point. But and the Texans lost money, that by one by a wide margin. And really. by the way, <laughs> insert <laughs> Cleveland like, huh? Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> I'll remind Houston you. Houston picked up the tab <laughs> yeah, on that true, awful meal. <laughs> because it's been a while, the official name on this show is Brick Osweiler. So let's keep that straight. My bad. Anyway, uh... You mentioned Drew Locke. I got him on the bench. Just rookie making his first road start. It's right. a it's a, it's a better than neutral matchup, but let's see what we got here. Uh, let's go to his top receiver. Obviously, Cortland Sutton can give him a B. He's an automatic A with a, a proven, competent quarterback. Hopefully, Drew Locke can prove to be that at some point because Cortland Sutton is elite. Uh, Houston has allowed the fifth most wide receiver touchdowns on the season, but just two over the last four games. That said, they haven't faced anyone quite like Sutton, so a safe B for Cortland here. I wanted to get kind of cute with Tim Patrick, uh, but just, again, with Drew Locke making his first start on the road, I'm going to put him on the bench, as well as Noah Fant. Was out-targeted by Jeff Huerman last week, and uh, Fant can't block, supposedly, and Drew, Lo- Drew Locke's probably going to need some blockers in this game, so he's on the bench. Houston has only allowed three tight end touchdowns all season, by the way. Eric Ebron, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews. Fant isn't quite in that company just yet. Uh, Philip Lindsay, though, does get a star- uh, starting grade with a B. Was actually out snapped by Royce Freeman last week, but I Lindsay know, gross. still had two X the touches, so I'm yeah. not too worried about that. And the Texans have been getting touched up by opposing backs recently. Over the last three weeks, uh, they're allowing 130 plus combo yards in every game to opposing running backs and six total touchdowns to the position during that span. So a safe B for Philip Lindsay here. Over to the Houston side and. Uh, to the running backs, Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. This situation got pretty messy last week. I'm going to give both a C here. Duke out-touched Hyde 14-11. to Yeah. Totaled 90 yards and a touchdown. Hyde had 22 meaningless, scoreless yards. So I know. Gross. Hyde looks tired to me, and then he does this a lot where he wears down. Duke looks like he's got the fresher legs right now. Yeah, I might change my mind when I'm done with this uh, analysis here, because outside of a monster game by Leo Fournette in Week 4 against the Broncos, uh, Denver had been shutting down opposing running backs all season, but they've kind of packed it in the last couple of uh, games. Last week, uh, Lackbacks, that's the Chargers running backs, totaled 177 yards. And, uh, I get it. And Buffalo backs had 179 combo yards the week before. No touchdowns there, so I'm going to give both a C here because Houston should dominate time of possession. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, though, another brutal draw after getting Stephon Gilmore last yeah, no week. kidding. Gets Chris Harris, but he's DeAndre Hopkins. He can't go below a C. He's not on your bench. He's still got to start him. Mm-hmm. Will Fuller going to give him a C, borderline B. Denver has allowed seven wide receiver touchdowns over the last six games. Kind of shocking. Fuller should be free from Harris uh, shadow coverage. Yep. But per usual, Fuller's a boomer bust option. Uh, he will see a lot of Isaac Yadam, yes, the corner, who has a career 106 quarterback rating in his coverage. So a, a safe C for Will Fuller. Hey, Will Fuller, how about holding on the ball? Yeah. How about that, catching a pass? That, that would, would be nice. That would help as well. And Darren Fells, he's on the bench. Three or less 
three or less targets in four straight games. He's irrelevant yet again. Mm. And Deshaun Watson, you give him a B here. Denver has allowed multiple passing touchdowns in three straight games. These these teams actually met in November of last year, and Watson had 213 and two passing and 38 rushing yards. Probably a safe floor for him here, I would think. That does sound about right. Um, Matt? Indianapolis taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. We've already talked about several players from this game. Marlon Mack is going to be back in this one. Yep. Now, what we're not clear about is he's got the hand injury. Mm-hmm. We're not clear is, you know, does this mean he goes right back to being a workhorse or are they going to keep rotating guys? That, I think that makes this a little bit murky. Well, it was a broken hand. So yes. the, the concern is ball security yes, and pass is. catching. I agree. Uh, we both won't things, catch any pass. Yeah. So. Um, we're probably looking at Marlon Mack, who gets maybe half the touches, and then we're going to get Jordan Wilkins and Jonathan Williams. Yeah. Wilkins replaced Williams last week, who was benched. Mm-hmm. So I have all of these guys on the bench in this one. Um, Tampa has allowed the fewest rushing yards in the league to the position, and only five total touchdowns on the season. And with how murky this backfield looks this week, they're yeah. all on the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, I'm giving a B grade to the only quarterbacks that have not thrown multiple touchdown passes against the Bucks in the last ten. Weeks weeks are Matt Ryan, who was replaced by Matt Schaub because the Falcons were up by a ton, right? and the Jags quarterbacks, Gardner Minshew and Nick Foles last week, and Minshew had 147 and one and a half of play. So, you know, play that out. He's got about 302. Yeah, right. Um, so Brissett's definitely in. Uh, Jack Doyle gets an A grade, too. Mm-hmm. Only the Cardinals have allowed more touchdowns to the tight end position. And we've seen this in the past. When one of those two tight ends goes out, the other one takes all the numbers. Yeah. And you combine those two tight ends into a super tight end, and they're good. <laughs> By the way, T.Y. Hilton is out. Zach Pascal and Marcus Johnson were my co-take-a-chance-on-me wide receivers. Pascal's probably like a solid A, a- minus-ish, B-plus-ish I'm, grade. I don't I, yeah, I'm in on that. All right. I picked him up. I'm starting him in a playoff game this okay. week. You're um, Pascal in. Yes, right. Um, I talked about the running backs for the Bucks and uh, take a chance on me. We don't need to. I don't think I'm starting Ronald Jones or Daria Ogunbowale. Peyton Barber just kind of gets a C. Uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin each get A grades. Evans is third in the league in targets inside the 10 but hasn't scored in four straight, so some positive regression is due. And from the perimeter, both DJ Chark and DeAndre Hopkins each scored twice against the Colts in the last three weeks. Colts slot corner Kenny Moore is out for this game, so Godwin will be running it back up, and a made-up name from Charch, Roland Milligan. (laughs) Roland Milligan was burned by former undrafted free agent and also made-up name, Khalif Raymond, for a (laughs) 40-yard score last week. Uh, Jameis Winston gets a B grade, mostly because I like his wide receiver so much, but no quarterback has topped 300 yards in the last six games against the Colts, and no quarterback has thrown for more than two touchdown passes since week three against this team. Oh, but Winston's been red hot. But, but I just gave A grades to the wide receiver, right. so i got to give at least a B to Winston. I think you do. And a desperation D grade to O.J. Howard. If you've got no one else, Howard had five catches on six targets last week, was on the field for 78% of the plays, and the Colts have allowed the ninth most receptions to the tight end position. So yeah. it, there's an opportunity it, if, if you're really, deep, really in a pinch. Yeah, it's it's a deep play for sure. Did you know Fanball has daily fantasy auctions? I yes. do actually auctions. Yes, you do. Uh, you love auctioning in the preseason. You'll love auctioning for this weekend's games. Fanball auctions are fast paced. They're frantic. They're real time as you bid on four players simultaneously against your opponents. Go to Fanball.com. Click on the auctions tab. 
Coming up next on Fantasy Football Weekly, we will break down more matchups, including the Detroit Lions taking on the Minnesota Vikings. David Blau making his second ever start. What can you do with Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay? We'll tell you when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchi and my co-hosts are Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson from Fanball.com. You can hear us over the air on many stations around the country. And this show is also a podcast available every Friday on all major podcasting platforms, including the number one destination for podcasts, the iHeartRadio app. Detroit takes on the Minnesota Vikings. Ooh, this, one's, uh, this one's a little bit thorny with a fair number of moving parts here. The quarterback for the Lions, as you probably saw on Thanksgiving, David Blau. Now, his wide receivers have strongly positive matchups, so I'm not ruling out a decent game from him, despite being a second-start rookie going up against Mike Zimmer, which doesn't, on the face of it, sound very promising. But I wouldn't be surprised if Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones had decent games here, so I'm giving a C grade to David Blau. Zimmer has faced four backup quarterbacks this year. None have topped one touchdown pass but they've all beat him <laughs> two of them two of them have beaten the but vikings marvin jones doesn't have any history against the vikings no it certainly did not None. score four times in the earlier <laughs> matchup with the vikings and i think he's got i i think he's got eight touchdowns in his last four against the vikings i believe yikes uh he will see both trey waynes and xavier rhodes marvin jones will um and they're both strong matchups based on his history this year jones will most more often see xavier rhodes though who was allowed over 100 yards in his coverage in back-to-back weeks and was benched for a while last week. So Marvin Jones gets a B grade. He was better when he was Xavier Rhodes, and now that he's ex-Xavier Rhodes, he's, he used to be Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, he used to be he's, better. He's an ex-Xavier Xavier Rhodes. You're right. He is an ex-Xavier. Yeah. 
Uh, Kenny Galladay's for him also be great. His his rookie quarterback hit him for a seventy five yard bomb in the second play of the game on Thanksgiving, uh, but he still hasn't had more than four catches in a game in a month, which makes him very boomer bust. Over the last four games, Minnesota has allowed over 200 yards per game to opposing receivers, including allowing four receivers to top the century mark. So Galladay's still in play here, and he could do well again. I've got him with a B grade. Let's go to the running game where Bo Scarborough will get the start again, and he's gotten nearly all the carries since he took over three weeks ago, but he gives you nothing through the air. So keep that in mind if you're a PPR league. I know the Vikings just got hammered by the Seahawks runners, but that has been an aberration. Minnesota hasn't allowed a running back to top 76 yards in their five home games, and only Andy Janovich has scored a rushing touchdown in Minnesota this year. I don't even know who Andy Janovich is. A one-yard goal line plunge for Andy Janovich, Hmm. fullback Broncos. Let's go to the Minnesota side where Kirk Cousins gets a straight-up A, even without, we believe, Adam Thielen, who is unlikely to play. Cousins has thrown multiple touchdowns in four straight games and seven of the past eight games, most of them without Adam Thielen. In that mix of games was his Week 7 performance against Detroit in which he threw for 338 yards and four touchdowns. Every opposing quarterback except Dwayne Haskins, who does not count since Week 7, has blown up against the Lions, averaging 317 yards and three and a half touchdown passes. It's a great opportunity for Kirk Cousins, and that means I must like his receivers, and I do. That includes Kyle Rudolph, who is my take-a-chance-on-me-receiver, as I mentioned earlier, and he gets a B grade. Stefan Diggs gets a B grade. It's for Diggs, it's been all or nothing in these games without Thielen. In three of the past four games, Diggs has had 50 yards or less receiving. And then in the other one, he went for five catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Fortunately, Diggs faces a familiar opponent in the Lions, who he pasted for seven catches, 142 yards in the Week 7 matchup. Detroit has struggled in pass coverage over the last three games, giving up 235 yards per game to receivers, the second most over the last three weeks out of any team. So I do think Diggs shakes free here. He will get almost certainly shadow coverage from Darius Slay. But Darius Slay just isn't a shutdown cornerback anymore. He's good. But he's not a shut automatic shutdown cornerback anymore. He's an ex Darius Slay. Ex Darius Slay. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you wanted to get really cute, and at this stage of the year you don't need to because you're probably in the playoffs, but maybe the worst slot cornerback in the league is Justin Coleman, who has given up the most yards in coverage of any cornerback. He's their slot cornerback. You could try Ola B.C. Johnson. I do think the Vikings, though, will move Steph Diggs into the slot to try to abuse Coleman with Diggs in that matchup. Let's go to the running backs. Dalvin Cook 100% will play. He's got the shoulder injury but isn't even on the injury report for the weekend. Cook smoked Detroit in the Week 7 meeting for 142 yards and two touchdowns. But since then, they got Mike Daniels back. And since getting their defensive tackle back, they have not allowed more than 75 yards to a back. Cook has scored touchdowns in 10 different games, and Detroit has allowed five running back touchdowns in its last four weeks, many of them by the air. And Cook has become a big part of the passing game. Now, there's a chance here that with the shoulder injury, Cook gets less work. And if he gets less work, that brings Alexander Madison in the conversation. I think he's startable with a C grade here because we don't know for sure how much work that Cook gets. And then also there's this. The Vikings are 13-point favorites. There's a chance they just get up by a lot 
could be a blowout. It could be a blowout. They could end up that they could end up just resting Cook at some point, and it turns into a, a Madison game in the fourth quarter. So I do have a C grade at Alexander Madison. Let's go to our next matchup. That is Tennessee taking on the Oakland Raiders. Well, Derrick Henry's the easy part of this equation, right? I think the real question is, what does he leave? What? How many leftover points are there for the passing game? Yeah, easy A for Henry. I just want to mention really quick, he's playing out his rookie contract right now. So talk about motivation wow. going yeah. into the yeah. fantasy playoffs. Unrestricted free agent. After this year. Yep. He's looking to get paid, and he's doing a good job of that. Um, Future pa- Tampa Bay Buccaneer? <laughs> Possibly. Maybe. Um, I, I do not like a lot of the pass catchers for the Titans, shockingly. Um, let's start with A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. Davis is on the bench. Uh, first off, let me say, opposing wide receivers are seeing less than 18 targets per game against the Raiders. Those are not healthy right. numbers for opposing well, receivers. And, and that, and that I mean, and if you're the Tennessee Titans, why pass? Yeah. Why you, know, pass? you know, right. I mean, you've got Derrick Henry. A- an unhealthy... Numbers are uh, Davis's target total over the target totals over the last five games. Mm-hmm. It's gone from seven to six to five to three to two. Just drop him. He's he's worthless. He's probably droppable in dynasty leagues in this yeah. point. Yes, yeah, for Corey sure. Davis. I will give uh, AJ Brown a C though. Despite the low target total by opposing wide receivers, Oakland is one of eight teams that have allowed more than two thousand yards and at least twelve touchdowns to wide receivers this year. So yeah. C for AJ Brown, the number one receiver on that team. Adam Humphreys not going to play. I believe mm-hmm. I wasn't really going to mention him anyway. He's been a huge disappointment. Huge. Johnu Smith. I have him on the bench, even with Delaney Walker on IR. Anthony Ferkser might actually be the tight end to start, but you want to avoid this situation entirely. They're both on the bench. I will give Ryan Tannehill a C, um, even though this should be a monster Henry game. Oakland has allowed multiple touchdown passes in seven of their last nine games. The only quarterbacks who failed to do so were Ryan Finley and, of course, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, go figure. He did total two touchdowns, though. He did run one in. So, C for Tannehill. Oh, but Tannehill has had multiple touchdowns in every one of his starts. Yeah. You know, the problem is he's doing it on 18 passes, 19 passes, 20 passes. The low volume just caps Tannehill's upside because they're they're just running Derrick Henry so well. And the low volume, the writing is on the wall for that in this matchup for sure. Um, Over to the Raiders, who are underdogs at home, by the way. Josh Jacobs. If you're gonna if you're gonna break oh, the show every time and alert listeners every time the Raiders are home underdogs, you know, it wasn't that uh, that that wasn't the case at least for a few weeks when people thought the Raiders <laughs> were good, right? I they had me tricked. They were the sixth seed I, yeah. in the playoffs. I know. Like, up until like they were two the weeks cast ago, pajamas for a hot minute. But yeah. uh, anyway, Josh Jacobs has a shoulder injury. He is a, a game time decision at this point. It appears he has a broken shoulder. It's fractured. So, DeAndre Washington, go out and scoop him up. Uh, I was going to give Jacobs a B if he plays. I'll give Washington a B, I suppose, if Jacobs sits. Uh, Over the last four games, Tennessee has allowed 148 combo yards and one and a half touchdowns per game to running backs. And Jacobs does way better at home, by the way, uh, even though Oakland is an underdog. So, just got to monitor Josh Jacobs. He must handcuff DeAndre Washington. Must add Washington in all leagues at this point, really. Uh, who's been added a long time ago, thanks to this show, is Darren Waller. I should say drafted, not added. Uh, Waller is averaging over 70 yards per game over the last three weeks. And during that same span, both Travis Kelsey and Jack Doyle topped 70 receiving yards and scored a touchdown against the Titans. Waller can do the same. Tyrell Williams, I was going to bench him if Adoree Jackson plays, mm. but Adoree Jackson is going to miss this game. So despite not topping six targets in six straight games, Tyrell Williams... I'll give him a C, but you know what? He's really a great boomer bust, or like a, a high ceiling play on fan ball in DFS. I would go uh, chase Tyrell Williams in a few lineups, but despite starting Tyrell Williams, Derek Carr bench. Come yeah. on, come on. It's, it just hasn't come together. Carr was 
eminently startable through the middle of the season. And but it just it's all it's all feels like it's falling apart and you need easier matchups at this stage, I think. Yeah, there's um a couple of, we got time for one more matchup to work in. Miami Dolphins taking on the New York Jets. Matt, we already talked about this as a revenge game for Stu Beer. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the other members of the passing game and especially Devontae Parker? I think very highly of Devontae Parker because uh, as far as Fitzpatrick's targets go, Parker has 77 targets from Stu Beard this year. Yeah. No other wide receiver has more than 33, mm. and he's seen double-digit targets in four straight. <clears throat> in fact, since Preston Williams' knee injury, Parker's top five in the NFL in targets, receiving yards, and air yards. Ah. So over the last five weeks, uh, he gets the Jets' defense that's allowed eight wide receiver touchdowns, and that's the second most in the league over that span. A grade for Parker. Mike Gesicki. Gets a, a B grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gasicki has had six or seven targets in each of the last five weeks. In each of the last five games, a tight end has topped 40 yards or scored versus the Jets. That includes Gasicki's six for 95 in week nine. Um, we're not starting the running game, though. Patrick Laird is on the bench. He's a fourth-string running back going against a team that hasn't allowed a runner to top 44 yards since week eight. So we're not thinking about that in no. a playoff matchup. On the other side... The running back situation is a little tricky because Le'Veon Bell is a game-time decision with an illness. I bet he goes. I bet he goes, too. But you plan for Bilal Powell in his absence because if Bell doesn't go, Powell's a B-grade. Oh, and yeah. I think I think Bell's a B-grade, too. Um, the Finns have had the most rushing attempts against them this year as opponents are averaging 27 rushing attempts per game. That's a huge number. Bell put up 121 total yards in the first meeting on 25 touches. Sam Darnold was my take-a-chance-on-me quarterback. Yeah. Means I like his wide receivers. Jamison Crowder, I'm giving an A-grade, too. Jeez. Yeah. Robbie Anderson, I'm giving a B. Um, no team has allowed more touchdowns to the wide receiver position than the Dolphins, 21 so far this year. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins have allowed nine touchdowns on 97 slot targets this year. Nine times. And Crowder's nine running from the slot. Um, and I like Anderson because outside speedsters have burned the Finns over the last few weeks. John Brown, Odell, and Alshon Jeffrey each had huge games against the Dolphins. Yeah. And then Ryan Griffin, I'm even giving a B to. He's had another seven targets last week. He faces a Dolphins team that's allowed the sixth most yards to the tight end position. So Griffin is available in a pinch. Yeah, I think he is too. And I, I, I'm, uh, I, I got to start him in one of my playoff leagues. I'm starting Ryan Griffin. I think there's an opportunity here. Coming up next, we will answer three tough questions. You get to play along, try to go 3-0. and oh, We've crafted three absolute mind benders for you to try to play along with. It won't be easy. Try to go 3-0 and oh, with three tough questions on Fantasy Football Weekly. Next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian, my co-hosts, and for this segment, panel of experts are Brian Johnson and Matt Harrison. Let's uh, dig into three tough questions, guys. Traditionally, we like to begin with... Tough question number one. In redraft leagues, should owners who are in the consolation bracket be allowed to make waiver wire moves? Brian. I'll make this short and sweet. If there's anything on the line that you can win, I don't care if it's a red balloon then the answer is yes. If there's a punishment for the last place team, then the answer is yes. But otherwise, no. I get, like, yes, everyone should have a chance to play out the, the season, but just play out the season with the players you got and let the big boys play for the prize. But if there's anything on the line, yes, at all. But if there's not, no, just, just sit it out and just make best with what you got. So wait, but there is. There's a consolation bracket. So, so there is a pro- well, there's always in a bracket. this scenario. It doesn't matter if there's a consolation if there's bracket. A consolation yes. bracket is the question, so, and your right. answer is yeah. Yes. Okay, I'm going to assume there's a prize at the end of this bracket. Does, does yes. it have to be a monetary prize? Why can't it just be I know I won? That's worthless. In my opinion, that so, is worthless. If there's there no monetary cash involved, that sure. If if there's yeah. nothing, Nobody, if there's no picks, if there's if there's no. Who's going to brag about winning the consolation bracket? Come on. If that's if you're going to brag about that. But if there's a um, I gonna, brag about that before I brag about a red balloon. No. Right. But you get the red balloon I of was, freedom. I was I was going to say penny instead of a red balloon, but I said okay, red a balloon. Penny. I don't know why, Fine. But okay, a penny. No. So no is your answer. If there's no monetary value, no. So yes is the answer if there's Charge. $1 1 cent or more of value. Sure. Then yes. Yes. If there's not, then no. Yes. Matt my answer is similar, but I'll try to do it more eloquently. <laughs> By default, that will happen. Uh, if there's a prideful toilet bowl trophy or anything on the line, you got to allow them to uh, play, especially if it's a dynasty or keeper league. Mm-hmm. For sure, you need to allow people to pick up. If you believe the flip side, and you do not believe people should be able to pick up any players once they're out of the top bracket mm-hmm. in your playoff league, there should not be a consolation bracket in your playoff league at all. They should not be playing. You should just give them those weeks off and say, go play on Fanball and play some DFS and win some money in the uh, Crush Charge Championship. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I see it. Yeah, you, you nailed the exact right. That is exactly the right answer. If, if, I, if you're trying to crown a champion and you don't want some two-win owner mucking up the waiver wire because he's trying to not get that toilet bowl trophy that actually mm-hmm. looks like the the toilet lid or whatever, right? Sure. They're trying to not get that thing and they don't want to hold it for a year or whatever the you know whatever that loser penalty is that they've got. That don't have the consolation bracket at all. Don't have a loser penalty. But, but this question, there is a consolation <laughs> bracket. What are you? You're... There is. <laughs> so the point is, if there is a consolation bracket. Then people are playing for something. It doesn't have to be money. It can pride counts. They're spun up by default. You know what though. we say? It, it, we always say this in fantasy football. It's not about the money. If I were to ask you, 
tell me about tell me about your fantasy football championships. You'll go, oh well, in two thousand two, I had this team, and I went, I started the season nine and zero, and then I had this tough loss, and I had Marshawn Lynch, and he powered me to blah blah blah. No, it's never. Well, I won four hundred eighty-two bucks. It's not about the money. It should be. So the point being, <laughs> if owners have something, anything to play for, they get to make waiver wire moves. Tough question number two. For the rest of the year, San Francisco running back Raheem Mostert will be an RB1, an RB2, a flex, or a bench player. Matt. You know, this one caused some severe damage to my pineal gland. Yeah, it did. I uh, could see I can see it leaking out right now. I mean, it that helps me regulate my body's internal clock, circadian rhythms, mm-hmm. and it helps me secrete melatonin, <laughs> and it has some role in my uh, sexual are... development. <laughs> so, also, you're secreting two different ways. Yeah. So that's that's all bad. Um Mostert's a bench grade, as is the whole Niners run game, because you can't figure out who the lead back is in any given week. As I mentioned before in the matchup, three different runners have led the team in touches in the last five weeks. Brita gets dinged up a lot, but he also plays through it quite often. Mm. Tevin Coleman has been bad for a couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. but before that, he was a pretty solid RB2. If you can tell me that both of those guys won't play at all for the rest of the year, I'd give Mostert an RB2, but as is, he's a bench player. Bench, okay. Yeah, this week it's a brutal matchup at New Orleans. Atlanta next week at home, that's a good matchup. And then the Rams in Week 16, that's almost a blocker for running backs. As Matt said, uh, no lone running back uh, really has popped off as a bell cow all season. On four occasions, a San Francisco back has topped 15 carries. Tevin Coleman did it in Weeks 5, 6, and 7. And then Raheem Oster did it last week when he had 19 carries and Coleman only had five. If Matt Breida wasn't coming back, I might be changing my answer. But, yeah, now Breida's going to come back and muck this all up again. And Breida is the best running back on the team, skill-wise, in my opinion. And when he's healthy, he'll be the lead back. So I got Mostert on the bench, too. All right, so Mostert's averaging six yards per carry. Six. Back-to-back seven-yard-per-carry games coming into this. He just ravaged an excellent Baltimore defense. Tevin Coleman's not even a factor in this conversation anymore. If you've been paying attention, you've noticed – diminishing snap count in four straight weeks and then ultimately benched in the second half of last week's game. Tevin Coleman's just not very good. He's not even a factor. So then that only really leaves us with Matt Breida to sweat. Now, Breida is good and maybe even the best back in the backfield, like Brian just said. But does it even matter? Because we all know what's going to happen to Matt Breida the moment he gets more than five or six touches in a game. He's dead. Most of the work is going to go to Raheem Mostert by default. Breida dead? Breida dead. San Francisco, as a reminder, has the most rushing touchdowns in the league. They've got, uh, they lead the NFL in running back rushing yards, total yards by their running backs. It's San Francisco. As the lead back in a quality offense, Raheem Mostert is going to be an RB2 the rest of the way. Shanahanigans, man. Oh, yeah. It's, I'm, I'm not saying there won't be a rotation. There will be some kind Raheem of Raheem Mostert is the kind of player enough. that you start and lose a fantasy playoff week because of or win or 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 really really lose tough question number three assuming michael thomas is sitting atop pretty much everybody's cheat sheets at the wide receiver position next august who will be wide receiver two hmm brian who you got I was so close to saying Mike Evans. he and randy moss the only two players in nfl history with a thousand yard seasons in their first six seasons in the NFL. He's like a lock wide receiver 10 guy. That being said, I want my first round wide receiver, my top wide receiver to be the alpha receiver on that team. And Chris Godwin 
kind of mucks up that situation he does. for Mike Evans, who doesn't have any competition at the wide receiver position on this So team. is this the answer about who it's not or who it is? I was saying I almost answered, used Mike Evans, and now I'm going to get to Devontae Adams. Uh-huh. He's my oh my wide right. receiver, too. Okay. He has no Chris Godwin-type threat on his team. Quite the opposite mm. situation in Green Bay. And yeah, he only has three touchdowns on the year. They have come in the last two games. He had sort of a slow start, but he had tough matchups at Chicago what and mean, Denver. Sir, he didn't score until week 10. Well, he missed five games as well. Yeah. I'm going to assume he's healthy all of next season. All right. he, he's seen double-digit targets in every game since his return. At least six catches in every game, a couple hundred-yard games, and three touchdowns over his last two. He'll be just fine going to next year. Rodgers has enough gas in the tank. Devontae Adams is my number two wide receiver. All right, Matt. I'm going to bat for Amari Cooper again, who I predicted in our bold prediction segment at the beginning of the year would finish as the number one wide receiver overall. It's a kind of peacock. He's not going to finish number one overall. It's going to be close. But uh, he's he's number he's still might he's number three in most formats right Uh, now. Um, The Cowboys have to move on from Jason Garrett, right? I imagine they bring in an offensive mind to help steer their young investments as Dak and Cooper will both either sign big deals this offseason or get hit with the franchise and transition tags. Cooper's top 10 in targets, yards, receptions, and receiving touchdowns. He's only 25 years old. He's playing for one of the most talented offensive collections in the league with a good offensive line, Zeke, Dak, and Michael Gallup on the other side, who's a beta receiver. Not the alpha, yeah, but uh, he's a good beta. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't have the Godwin problem. Yeah. Yep. You're absolutely right about that. So uh, I like uh, I like Amari Cooper quite a bit. That is the correct answer. Amari Cooper is going to be the, I think, will be the consensus number two next week or next year. Remember... He's pl- he's been this good this year playing on half a leg. He's limping noticeably on every single play, and it's been this way since the preseason when he had the bad foot. And Cooper's not too old. I don't have to worry about the age drop off mm-hmm. or the the or the necessarily the compounding injuries of like a Julio Jones. And he's it's finishing a- his fifth year, and he's only twenty five. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. He came out so early. Mari Cooper is going to be wide receiver number two next year. Nicely done, Matt. When you lose Jason Garrett, you lose your precious garbage time, though. So I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> There's some truth to that. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's work in one more matchup, and I believe we are on the Carolina Panthers taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Mm, is Carolina a good run defense? Uh, <laughs> Carolina is not a good run defense. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's an obvious A in this one. Let's talk about the passing game. Kyle Allen gets a C grade. I don't think the change in head coach really affects Kyle Allen much because Norv Turner and and his son, Scott Turner, were responsible for developing Allen. They're still on the sidelines, and they were the play callers before. They're going to be the play callers now. Allen played his worst game of the year against these same Falcons three weeks ago, which does worry me, frankly. The Falcons' secondary improved dramatically over their Week 9 bye when they used Raheem Morris as their new secondary coach. Not only have they crushed Kyle Allen, but they stymied Drew Brees twice yeah. since then. So just a C grade on Kyle Allen here. And it's in part because I still want to be able to use DJ Moore. Over the past five games, DJ Moore has averaged seven catches for 103 yards and has found Pater three times over those five games. Atlanta's defense has improved a lot, as I just mentioned, but wideouts are still succeeding. Over the last five games, Atlanta's allowed three 100-yard receivers and four receiver touchdowns. So receivers are still getting a little something done here. So I've got a... A middling C on Kyle Allen, a straight-up B on DJ Moore. Curtis Samuel is on the bench as a low-volume touchdown-dependent receiver in a difficult, seemingly difficult matchup. Let's go to the Atlanta side. Hold on one minute, Charge. Uh, yes. You're burying the lead. 
Carolina's not going to get the ball in this game because of all the onside <laughs> kicks that Atlanta's going to just complete. They're never kick it off ever again. Not have to. <laughs> There's that. Um, I mentioned in Take a Chance on Me about how the Carolina the run defense is just awful. Carolina and Jacksonville are your two terrible run defenses. Devonta Freeman was my Take a Chance on Me running back. It's a lot thornier for the quarterbacks in the passing game. Let's talk about Matt Ryan. Normally, I caution fantasy owners about relying on a quarterback against the Panthers because Carolina's got the worst run defense in the league, so they don't even bother to throw. But the Falcons and Devonta Freeman have been so inept that it's not a guarantee. He probably isn't going to go like full-blown workhorse on this. So I still think Matt Ryan could end up with a decent game here. Um Matt Ryan has scored at least one touchdown against Atlanta in eight straight matchups, and he'll likely score here too. But I wouldn't be surprised if it were just one touchdown like he threw against Carolina three weeks ago. So I've just got a C grade on Matt Ryan. Julio Jones, in his last nine meetings with the division rival Panthers, Jones has had at least 60 yards and or a touchdown, but he hasn't had very many explosive games, and he always seems to draw... um, uh, Bradbury, which has been a tougher matchup for him. The Panthers' defense has fallen apart over the last four weeks, allowing 174 passing yards per game to receivers, including a 100-yard performance in three of the last four. If Julio Jones were healthy, I'd give him an A, but instead he just gets a B grade here. And that brings us to Calvin Ridley, who crushed Carolina for eight catches, 143 yards and a touchdown three weeks ago. Meanwhile, the Panthers' secondary has been in a free fall over the last four weeks, as I mentioned. And, well, you know, Julio goes, so Ridley probably is going to see cornerback Dante Jackson, who's just an above-average quarterback, but that was the same guy that he beat for the uh, for his big game three weeks ago. So Calvin Ridley, a B grade. Austin Hooper's coming back. I'll remind I'll remind listeners, Woo-hoo! Austin Hooper was the number one scoring tight end when he suffered his knee injury. He was a top ten wide receiver. <laughs> top, there he go, was wide receiver ten, nine. Wide receiver nine. So he goes right back into being uh, viable here as a B grade, assuming he's going to get a, a full complement of play which I think he will. He missed the first meeting due to his knee injury. Should return here. Carolina is allowing nearly 60 yards per game to tight ends over the last three weeks, and fantasy-relevant tight ends have fared well against the Panthers. Big games to Jared Cook, George Kittle, even Cameron Brayton, and O.J. Howard combined for a good game. So we'll give a B grade to Austin Hooper. All right, every week, did you know you can play the Crush Charge Championship for free at fanball.com? When you assemble a better salary cap team than mine, you get a shot at this week's prize pool of $1,000. Free to play, $1,000 tournament. But more importantly, beating me is the only way you get an entry to our Week 17 Championship, where you'll battle me for the $10,000 prize pool. Again, fanball.com slash charge is where you go for that. When we come back, the Pittsburgh Steelers take on the Arizona Cardinals. Benny Snell looking to get the majority of the carries for the Steelers. Can you trust him in a playoff game? We'll tell you when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Football Weekly returns playoff style. We're diving back into the matchups, helping you win your playoff matchup. Some of you got a bye week and you're just coasting right now. You're just listening, going, ha, I don't have to sweat any of this stuff. Before we get into that, though, did you know you can play Superflex salary cap at fanball.com? If you love starting two quarterbacks and or four tight ends, I love it. So four much. tight ends, go to fanball.com. Play our salary cap. Superflex DFS. Uh, let's dive back into the matchups. Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Brian, Benny Snell will get the vast majority of carries against Arizona. What do you think of this opportunity for him with James Conner out? Yeah, uh, a very safe B for Benny Snell. Over their last five games, Arizona has allowed 172 combo yards and 1.2 touchdowns per game to opposing running backs. But the receiving yards from those combo yards most should go to Jalen Samuels. Might mm. take a chance on me running back. And you know what? He'll probably see a few added targets because Juju Smith-Schuster has been ruled out. Yep. And, you know, Deontay Johnson, I'll mention James Washington in a minute. Outside of Juju and James Washington, I'm not sold on any Pittsburgh wide receiver. Uh, but James Washington definitely gets a B here with Juju out. Washington will man the slot where he will avoid Pat Pete, Patrick Peterson, who is still mm-hmm. the best cornerback for what it's worth, still a, sh- a shell of his former self. But uh, it's just an all-around great matchup for wide receivers, though. Arizona has surrendered the third most catches and third most yards to the wide receiver, wide receiver position on the season. And over the last four weeks, Arizona has surrendered the third most yards to wide receivers and they only played three games over the last four weeks since they've had their <laughs> no bye. Kidding. So I will give Deontay Johnson a dart throw C in this one, but he's more of a, a flyer in daily on fanball.com if you ask me. I wouldn't trust him in redraft. Yeah. Um, you, what you can trust is the opposing tight end against the Arizona Cardinals. Basically, any tight end that faces Arizona is an automatic A start. That said, Vance McDonald just gets a B. What? Four targets across Ducks' two starts at quarterback. So I'm a little mm. worried about Vance McDonald, but he's a safe. He thinks Jalen Samuel is going to steal yeah, all does. his touches. He's going to be the true, a pos- the true tight end here. <laughs> and there's uh, Nick Vanette, too, who pro football reference uh, has him dubbed as Baby Gronk for some reason. They need to scrub that from their yeah, site. But Arizona ridiculous. has surrendered the second most catches and the most yards and the most touchdowns to tight ends. So a safe B for Vance McDonald. Duck Hodges might take a chance on me quarterback for very obvious reasons. Mm. Over to the Arizona side, Kenyon Drake, uh, the softest of C's for Kenyon here. 
92 combo yards is the high watermark for an opposing running back against the Steelers this yeah, year. They've been great. Who've also just allowed two running back touchdowns over their last nine games. Drake is strictly a volume play. We're not going to talk about David Johnson. We'll briefly nope. mention Christian Kirk, another very soft C has been running the majority of his routes from the right side, where he'll see a lot of the rejuvenated Joe Iron Hayden, who is mm. allowing just a 52% catch rate in his coverage on the season. He's doing, he's looking great. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, though, is a much better matchup in the slot. Slot receivers have been doing well. That's why he was my take-a-chance-on-me wide receiver. And lastly, Kyler Murray. I got on the bench in one-quarterback leagues. I would start him in Superflex, though, but Murray's probably still banged up in a very tough matchup. Pittsburgh ranks fourth against the pass by football outsiders. They are third in sack rate. And let's just put it this way. The Steelers held Lamar Jackson to 161 passing yards yeah. and one passing touchdown. Mm. L. Jacks did have 70 rushing yards, but it took him 14 carries to get there. Murray only has 15 combined carries over his last three games. So, bench for Kyler Murray. Go with Stewbeard or... Duck yeah, Hodges, I think baby. I think you can find so I do. I'd rather have Duck or, or, or a lot of other quarterbacks. Probably. And now you mentioned the, the the Steelers defense being so good, and it it really is. And for all the talk about Mike Tomlin as a coach of the year candidate, which is legitimate talk, most of it focuses on what how he's been able to win despite his quarterback. People aren't talking well, and about, running back. You lost Le'Veon Bell too. Well, that was, <laughs> that was a season ago. Yeah. Um, I think the more I think it's the oh, it's Antonio the defense. Too. It's it's the defense. Well, now we're really going over. Okay, so, you know, okay, they sorry. lost Franco Harris too. <laughs> so it's the defense that I, I think is he winning most. That. <laughs> he overcame Franco Harris, and that was tough. It was a tough loss. Jack Ham, Jack Lambert, Mean Joe Green, really very impressive work by Mike Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense has been very impressive. Uh, the Chargers take on the Jacksonville Jaguars, Matt, and the Chargers running backs have a great opportunity against what is turning into one of the two worst run defenses in the NFL in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, yeah, as Brian said before, it's uh, lack versus the lackbacks, and it's lack versus Jack, lack and Jack, Jack without Jack. Jack. Miles Jack. Miles Jack is out. No Jack for Jack. Yes, you're right. For the lackbacks. Um, the Jags have uh, allowed 6.1 yards per carry over the last four games and seven rushing touchdowns to the running backs in that span. They And, and as I mentioned, they lost Miles Jack to IR this week. Eckler still deserves starts in PPR leagues as he's had 13 touches in each of his last two weeks and has had at least 80 yards or a score in 11 of 12 games this year. Wow. Uh, Keenan Allen, I'm giving a B grade to, hasn't topped 71 yards since week three. Now that's bad. Wow. But he's had at least 11 targets in four of his last six games. And double-digit targets is pretty bankable. And Jacksonville is just a middle-of-the-pack pass defense, and their best corners are on the outside. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Henry gets a B grade as well. 69 nice yards or scored in five of his last seven games. And he's slotted in most lineups. Don't worry about the crappy game he had against the Broncos last week. That was... That was nothing. Okay. Phillip Rivers is on the bench, though. The upside seems to be gone. Hasn't topped two touchdown passes since week one. Only one 300-yard game in his last five. Similarly, the Jags haven't allowed a 300-yard passer since week four. And only two quarterbacks have topped two touchdown passes. The upside here is 250-2, and two, and that's the upside. Do you buy into the uh, Tyrod Taylor talk that, that Rivers is at risk of a potential in-game benching? Uh, I think the organization respects him too much um, for them to bench him at all this season. The season's lost for the for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I think that they let him play it out the rest of the year, and I think Phillip Rivers retires at the end of the season. Okay. Calling your shot. Yep. Uh, Leonard Fournette gets a B grade, averaging over seven receptions per game in the last five weeks. What's more shocking, that Leonard Fournette has not missed any time or even shown up on an injury report this year, 
or that he's turned into a receiving superstar well, this year. How about this? He trails only Christian McCaffrey in running back targets. Unreal. And he trails only the aforementioned Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey in running back receptions. Un- unbelievable. He's like Matt now, Forte now. If he were scoring any <laughs> touchdowns, it would be a whole different deal. He'd be dominating fantasy leagues, but he's not scoring for the he's most He's going to be a super interesting guy to forecast yeah, next year. I agree. Um, the Chargers have allowed the eighth most receptions and the sixth most receiving touchdowns to opposing backs this season. That's why he's getting a B grade, even though he's only scored three times this year. Gardner Minshew is on the bench, and you know how I feel about Senior Stash, but even I can't play him in this game. Over the last nine games, the Chargers are averaging only 194 passing yards allowed per game and just over one touchdown per game. That doesn't get better with a healthy Derwin James and Casey Hayward in the defensive backfield. Not at all. That's why DJ Chark is only getting a C for me. D.D. Westbrook's getting kind of a desperation C. Uh, Chark will probably match up with Hayward, who's only allowed 258 yards in coverage all year, according to Pro Football Focus, on only 20 catches. Chargers' pass defense is pretty good. But they're a bit susceptible to the slot wide receiver, so Westbrook is in play. Slot corner Desmond King has allowed 86% of the passes thrown in his coverage to be completed. That makes D.D. Westbrook sort of viable here. It is sort of viable. You mentioned the next year's ranking for Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you something that bugs me about fantasy experts. This last offseason for, with Fournette, all the fancy guys are like well, he's never healthy. I can't. I can't put him in my top ten. He's never healthy anymore. And you know, it's he's he's just too it's just too much risk. Now everybody's going to overreact to that. Now, now this year, it's all going to that won't even matter anymore. We won't even be talking about that storyline. Yeah. That narrative's going to be dead one year later because so many people, even just re, just regular drafters, not even fantasy experts, so many drafters, all they can do is replay last year. It's just so what, much. What's what's the amount of time? That you need in order to get a good sample be, size. Yeah. Is it is it like three years? I don't. Well, no. I think it, there like, is. How about this? There's no such thing as sample size. Ooh. How about that? There's no viable sample size in the NFL it because sound, by the time it sounds like the, the, the title you, of this pod, podcast it, it right here. Be. It could be. <laughs> the, the by the time you've established your a true viable sample size, you're now aging out to the point that. You've become old, and you're not as good, and the sample size isn't true anymore. It seems like we've breached the space-time continuum here. Where's our time machine sound effect? (laughs) It's right here. And if you're curious about what it would sound like if there was a duck on the time machine, it would be like that. I can't play them at the same time. It's really weird. Those two together. Quack to the future. (laughs) <laughs> Good job, Brian. <laughs> Redskins take on the Packers. Uh, B grades for the running backs for the Redskins. Adrian Peterson. Uh, you know, Let's start with Darius Geis because I think that's the bigger story. He had the 60-yard run last week, scored a couple of touchdowns, which is great, and I think we called that on the show, if I may peacock for a moment. However, he did his damage last week on 19 snaps. That's it. This is still Adrian Peterson's backfield, who is only 142 yards away from moving into fifth place all time in rushing yards. He led the Redskins backs in plays and carries last week, finished with 99 yards and a touchdown last week, and he goes up against a Packers defense that ranks 25th in rushing yards, 28th in yards per carry allowed. Three straight lead runners have topped 100 total yards against the Packers, and Adrian Peterson's still the lead runner there. 
But Darius Geis also gets a B because he's been dynamic. The Packers have given up big games to multiple running backs several times this year. And there is still a scenario out there where Geis is the lead back that maybe this is the game that Bill Callahan changes everything up. And they give the ball to Darius Geis. Now, the hope is that the Green Bay Packers don't stake a big lead and then the running game evaporates because you get nothing out of the passing game. Needless to say, you're not starting any part of the Washington passing game in the playoffs. They've been shut out. Dwayne Haskins has been shut out in every game but one. So we're not touching any part of that. Let's go to the Green Bay side of this equation, starting with Aaron Rodgers, who gets a B grade. Aaron Rodgers this year has been a boom or bust fantasy quarterback. In his four boom games, he ranks as quarterback number one. In his other eight games, he ranks as quarterback 37. Matt, how many teams are in the NFL? Not 37. 32. 32. Yeah. So in his other eight games, Aaron Rodgers is worse than there are numbers of starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Like worse than Jeff Driscoll. Yes. A game against Washington feels feels like a boom, but it's actually potentially a sneaky bust. Since early October, the average passing game against the Redskins, 227 yards and 1.2 touchdowns. Those are very modest numbers. Five of the past seven quarterbacks to face the Redskins have thrown zero or one touchdown. That's it. I love a sneaky bust. B, it's a sneaky bust. (laughs) B, grade on Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams, though, gets an A over the last three games. Adams has been able to weather the ups and downs of Aaron Rodgers to produce either 100 yards or a touchdown. And over the last seven games, Washington's secondary has allowed just one receiver to top just 76 yards, which is very impressive. However, they have given up multiple receiver scores in two of the past three games, and I think Adams will find the end zone here. He's been very hot on the touchdown department in the last couple of games. Speaking of receivers, I've got a C grade on Alan Lazard, who runs half his plays on the easy side of the field against rookie Jimmy Moreland, who's taken over for the since-benched Josh Norman. By the way, Josh Norman's still making like $19 million this year. Unbelievable. Cha-ching. In his two games as a starter, Jimmy Moreland has allowed nine of 11 passes to be completed, making Lazard an all-or-nothing shot if you need that kind of player in your in your lineup. And now let's go to the running game, where Aaron Jones has been a total disaster. So if you think back like a month ago, he has that epic game against the Chiefs where he ends up with like 100 receiving yards and just mowing down Chiefs on the ground and through the air. And we're like, finally, they've learned how to use Aaron Jones and unlock the talent of Aaron Jones. Since then, total tailspin for Aaron Jones. Mm -hmm. Three of his last four games have produced fewer than 40 total yards. That's terrible, and he has not scored in a month. He hasn't carried the ball more than 13 times in seven straight games. And the Redskins are sneaky good against the run. They just held Christian McCaffrey in check. They haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher all season. I have a C grade on Aaron Jones, and frankly, it ought to be it ought to be a bench. But I just am an inherent believer in Jones's talent and think it could emerge at any game. There's a bunch of people who are very angry at their radio or podcast device right now, going, "Oh, Aaron, Aaron Jones is one of the guys who got me here." I don't did he, but. Did he get you there in the last month? Yeah, he, he got you some wins early in the season. He did. There's going to be better options for you to play than Aaron Jones. One of them's on his own team. Yeah. And that's Jamal Williams, who has outgained Aaron Jones 147 to 69 in combo yards the last nice. two weeks. That is a doubling 
rough doubling of combo yards. He's also averaged five targets over the last seven games. The Redskins have given up some big receiving days to runners, including Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey and Devin Singletary and Brandon Bolden and James White. Um, I, so I think we're I think we're looking at a pretty good receiving game from Jamal Williams, who gets a B grade here and a C grade in non PPR leagues. Jamal Williams is the second best receiver outright on that team outside of Devontae Adams. I think that's true. <laughs> it's it, it's nobody else. Nope. It's not Geronimo Allison, Marquez Valdez, Scantling. It's not him. It ain't Jimmy Graham? Oh no, God, did that guy disappear? Remember when he was? Wouldn't it be cool? Relevant in like week one? I mean, not as Minnesota guys, but wouldn't it be cool if the Packers signed Antonio Brown right now? I don't think they can. I think you. I think the uh, f- you know the guys who are not rostered deadline is already passed. Oh, Brown would get off the yeah. plane and get right back on. Anyway, yeah, 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 no kidding. <laughs> Our final set of matchups are coming up next, including Seattle taking on the L.A. Rams. What do you do with Chris? Carson or Rashad Penny? We'll tell you when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Football Weekly. Final set of matchups coming, including the Sunday night, the Monday night games, and then Chiefs and the Patriots coming up. But let's begin with the Seattle Seahawks traveling to the L.A. Rams. Brian, last week on Monday night, we saw both Rashad Penny and Chris Carson carve up a really good Vikings run defense. They face another good run defense here. What should should the people in Seattle listening to us on KJR think about... Rashad Penny and Chris Carson in this one. Before I get to them, real quick, these teams did meet already in week five, so I'll reference that. Okay. 59 points in that game. Yeah. The two meetings last year, 67 and 64 points Dang. were put up when these teams wow. get together. So Game stack. Game stack might be right. So in the week five meeting, um, Chris Carson definitely led the way over Rashad Penny, uh, but they did combine for 36 touches and 150-plus combo yards. Uh, but the Rams' run defense has shored up a lot, and as we all know now, it's essentially a 50-50 
time split Seems between that Carson and Penny. Yeah. And Carson supposedly let Penny score the touchdown last week. I don't know how much. Let truth. him score the like, touchdown? Like, he's like, take me out so Rashad can go. Yeah, there was, there was some of that. It was Carson uh, subbed himself out. Okay. So over the last four weeks, though, opposing running backs are averaging 30-plus opportunities against the Rams. That's rushes and targets. But they're not doing anything with them. During that same four-game stretch, the Rams are allowing less than three and a half yards per carry and 29 receiving yards per game to opposing running backs. So I got to see on both Carson and Penny. And Carson had like three more, three, four more touches than Penny last week. I mm-hmm. give him the slight edge if I had to choose one, but it's not a good look for either this week. What wasn't a good look was Tyler Lockett last week. No. Nowhere to go but up, right? Yeah, after well, zero catches. I, I heard from a guy on Twitter in a guillotine league, he needed 0.7 points from Tyler Lockett on Monday night. One catch. There's actually he All could, he needed was one catch for even negative three yards would have been a win. One catch for negative three yards would have been a win for him, and he's in. That's a nope. bad beat. That's a bad beat. That's a very bad beat. Actually, he could go Now, Lockett anywhere. was sick in that one. True. And he's, he's been sick a, for three weeks. A, a shin oh, injury. Yeah. He's, he's banged up. Uh, he actually had negative eight rushing yards in the first meeting, so if he, <laughs> so he didn't catch <laughs> any passes, he would end up doing worse. Okay. But he had four catches for 51 yards and a touchdown in the first meeting. Jalen Ramsey was not on the Rams then. Ramsey might shadow Lockett in the slot, which would not bode well for Lockett. Uh, mm-hmm. They're saying there's a potential for that. Lockett has scored in three straight games against the Rams, but just to see for him here, because I think Ramsey gives him the shadow treatment, and Lockett's looking banged up. He's not looking as good as he was earlier in the year. So, D- can I call him Decaf Metcalf? You know who Decaf Metcalf is? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the bad version. Yeah. The uncaffeinated version. Okay. Well, that's also what Booger McFarland was calling him on Monday Night Football. But, but is he trying to? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I think <laughs> you, never know. you never know. Who knows? But anyway, um, I'm going to give him a B, assuming that Ramsey shadows uh, Lockett. But if if Ramsey shadows Metcalf, Metcalf's in trouble. Metcalf's been a very reliable option as of late, uh, averaging five catches, 60 yards, and half a touchdown over his last six games, but not an ideal spot. Outside of the four wide receiver touchdowns surrendered to the Ravens, kind of an anomaly, Hmm. the Ravens have conceded just one wide receiver touchdown over their last six games, and only one opposing wide receiver has topped 100 yards all year. That was Chris Godwin. So, you know what? I'm just going to B for uh, Decaf, DK Metcalf as well. Uh, he gets a C as long as uh, as well as Tyler Lockett, and so does Jacob Hollister. The Rams have not allowed a tight end touchdown since Week Seven, and since then, only one tight end has topped 45 yards. For what it's worth, Will Disley and Luke Wilson combined for five catches for 91 yards when these teams met back in Week hmm. Five. So that's Hollister, actually worth a fair amount. It is worth a fair amount. So Hollister probably a C plus. I know you won't let me do that, but I just did it. Uh, and Russell Wilson in A, 268 and four passing with 32 rushing yards in the first meeting, totaled seven passing touchdowns against the Rams in two games last season. The main concern is Jalen Ramsey, of course. Since his acquisition, non-Lamar Jackson quarterbacks have averaged only 230 yards and one touchdown since the Ramsey trade. Uh, Wilson's probably a little more Lamar than non, though, but who yeah. knows? a little more Lamar okay. than non. Uh, now over to the Rams side and Todd Gurley. Two rushing touchdowns in the first game. Kind of yeah. a shocker. Yeah. Just 51 yards on fifty-one ca- on 15 carries. <laughs> on 51 yeah, carries. That, that would be believable, sadly. <laughs> in Gurley's previous three games against Seattle, though, dating back to last year in 2017. Oh, I'm sure he dominated. Eight total touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> but, so he has 10 touchdowns in his last four games against the Seahawks. But, of course, he was a different player back then. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Brown wasn't vulturing touchdowns. Seattle has only allowed one running back touchdown over the last three games. And Nick Chubb is the only lone running back who is able to tie 
top 69 yards rushing. That is not nice. So just a C for Todd Gurley. I will give Cooper Cup a very solid B. Nine catches, 117 yards, and a touchdown in the first game. Here is two games against Seattle last year. He had six for 90 and one in the first meeting, but left with the concussion. Mm-hmm. Second game, he had five for 39, tore his ACL mid-game. So he was going off in those games before he got hurt. So uh, B for Cup, B for Robert Woods. uh, Just five for 48 in the first meeting, but has 38 targets over his last three games. He will see Shaquille Griffin a lot, Seattle's top corner. So soft B for Woods. I got a B inch on Brandon Cooks, 129 in the first meeting, just four catches on six targets in two games since returning. Actually a plus matchup against Trey Flowers, who could be burned deep, but I don't trust Jared Goff's accuracy. Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett. There's two scenarios here. Everett plays, Everett sits. If Everett plays, I'll give him a C. Bench Higby. Okay. If Everett sits, Higby gets a B. Over the last two weeks, opposing tight ends are averaging 13 catches, 94 yards, and one whole touchdown against Seattle. When these teams met in Week 5, Higby and Gerald Everett combined for 10 catches and 183 yards. Jeez. Right. That was all Gerald, Gerald Everett. Yeah, it was. That was the huge Gerald Everett game. That's right. So if he plays, that really mucks the situation up, though. And then Jared Goff, real quick, a C, 395-1 and one in the first game. Top 300 yards in both meetings last season. He's at home. I'll give him a C, whatever. All right. Let's go to the Giants taking on the Eagles. Matt, Eli Manning at the helm of the Giants. Yeah, this one's Monday night. He looks to get at least one more start in his long and storied career because Daniel Jones is in a walking boot this week and he's unlikely to go. Uh, Before Ryan Fitzpatrick's explosion against the Eagles last week, they had kind of figured out how to play pass defense in the prior five weeks. They had held opposing quarterbacks to 189 yards per game and less than a touchdown. And it wasn't some bad quarterbacks. It was Dak, it was Josh Allen, Tom Brady, and Russell Wilson in that group. Some good passers there. Yep. So uh, I'm still giving Eli a bench grade, though, because he's Eli Manning. Um, Golden Tate supposedly on track to play on Monday Night Football which uh, just muddies the waters for Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. They're all on the bench. Devontae Parker is the only wide receiver to top 61 yards in the last five games against the Eagles. And Eli's yards per attempt is a terrible 6.2 yards. And his passes of over 20 yards is only 7.9%, which is a full point worse than Marcus Mariota. Uh, for what it's worth, Shepard was Eli's favorite target in week one, six for 42. But that's probably yeah. the, the ceiling there. Yeah. Evan Engram is trending in the right direction to play. He's getting a B grade because the theme... Of of this is Eli doesn't throw very far downfield, which bodes well for Engram, who saw 22 targets in Eli's two starts. That included 11 for 116 and 1 in week one, 6 for 48 in week two, so it's a decent floor. And Saquon gets a B grade as well. Um, the Eagles have allowed the 10th most receptions to the running back position, and they haven't faced Saquon or the Giants this year, but Saquon did face them last year. He had 141 and two scores in the first game, <laughs> 229 <laughs> and a score in the second game. That's those numbers seem unreal for the Saquon Barkley we've had this year. It does, but uh, you still you're still firing up Saquon Barkley you, you in a are. playoff. But it's, a, but it's a tough this is a tough matchup for him. Yeah, it, uh, maybe right. it's, it's not as tough as I, I think it's tough. Um, on the other side, Miles Sanders gets a B grade. Jordan Howard still limited with the shoulder injury, and if he does suit up, I suppose that drops Sanders to a C. Uh, mm-hmm. The Giants have given up three huge games to backs this year: Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott, and Chase Edmonds, but have been pretty good mostly outside of that. Sanders had a career-high 22 touches last week and topped 100 total yards and scored. Jay Ajayi doesn't scare anybody. No. He's not even in the in the in the mentionable situation. No. Uh, Carson Wentz, I'm giving a B grade. Three of the last five quarterbacks to face the Giants have thrown for at least three touchdown passes, and the other two were Trubisky and Sam and uh, Sam Darnold. Each had over 230, one passing score, and both of them added a rushing score. And Wentz is uh, he's got the ability to do a rushing score here. Uh, 
this is a good matchup. I'm in on Wentz. I'm in on Al- Alshon Jeffrey, too. He's an A grade. It looks like Nelson Aguilar may miss this game with a knee injury, which only mm. frees up more targets for Alshon. Last week, he returned from an injury in a big way. 16 targets, 9 receptions, 137-1. and one. Finally, the tight end, Zach Ertz, gets an A. Dallas Goddard gets a B. The Giants have been good against the tight end this year. But they faced no one at all. Mm. The best tight end they faced all year is either Kyle Rudolph or Jason Witten. Wow. They faced That's nobody. Huh. Uh, Ertz is averaging 10.5 targets per game over his last four. Goddard's averaging seven targets per game over the last three. Fire them both up. All right, deal. And our final game is Kansas City taking on the New England Patriots. And for Patrick Mahomes, it's uh, it was barely an A grade. And I really vacillated between A and B for a long time here. I gave him the A because I think he's completely healed from his ankle and his knee injuries and the mobility online a lot of his passing upside, but it's still tons of caution here against a Patriots defense that has not locked down other quality passers like Ben Roethlisberger in week one, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, Lamar Jackson. Those guys passed for an average of 216 yards and 0.5 touchdowns. Hmm. So there's no guarantees, but it's still Patrick Mahomes and nobody be surprised if he threw for 303, including me. So he still gets an A grade. Travis Kelsey, obvious A grade. Over half of the Patriots' passing touchdowns allowed have gone to tight ends. Travis Kelsey definitely in play here again. Tyreek Hill slumps to a B because he's going to draw Stefan Gilmore, who's arguably the league's best cornerback and, frankly, a defensive MVP candidate. For Stefan Gilmore. Is there a defensive MVP or just defensive player of the year? Player of the year. I think it's just defensive player of the year. Uh, Gilmore almost always shadows, and Tyreek Hill's the obvious guy to shadow here. So it's And he's averaging a scoreless 34 yards per game in his coverage. So it's a brutal matchup for Tyreek Hill. Then we go to the running game. It's going to be a two-man backfield in Kansas City between Darwin Thompson and LaShawn McCoy. The two Williamses have been ruled out of this game. Last week, we got our first long look at Darwin Thompson, and to me, he passed the eye test and looked far more electric than LaShawn McCoy. The Patriots, though, are not an ideal matchup, but the run defense has been uncharacteristically wobbly of late. Over the last five games, they have allowed 139 total yards per game to opposing runners. So, if we call that 139-70 for Darwin Thompson, 70 for LaShawn McCoy, if it is an even split, they both get basically C grades here. Somebody gets a touchdown out of this thing, and it's not necessarily LaShawn McCoy, by the way. He has scored in back-to-back games, so he probably would get a goal line opportunity, but I'll, I'll mention the Patriots have given up one rushing touchdown all year, so there probably isn't a goal line opportunity to be had here at all. Can I so, give Gilmore a little more love real quick? Yeah, but well, how much more love do you need than averaging a scoreless 34 yards per game in his Just coverage? Recent in the last month, or about the last month, Odell Beckham, Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins have combined for 10 catches in That's his coverage. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Tyreek Hill's an amazing player. This you're gonna you have to be careful here. All right, let's go to the New England side. We begin with the running game with Sony Walkman, Kansas City allowing the seventh most carries for the second most yards and five point one yards per carry. Fire up Sony Walkman. Put the batteries, the double A batteries in your Sony Walkman. You are and by the way, back then it took like six double A batteries to work your cassette player. I really liked the auto-reverse on the Sony Walkman. That would Start playing the other uh, side of the tape. You didn't have to flip it. That's right. It flipped itself. Uh, He crushed Kansas City in the two games last year as well. He gets a B grade. James White gets a B grade because this is is the fascinating thing about James White this year. (laughs) 
in the games in which they're trailing, he's been fantastic. So I think he's got an opportunity here. He averages 131 yards and one and a half touchdowns in games that they're trailing. He gets a B grade. Tom Brady has thrown zero or one touchdown in five of seven games. Kansas City has allowed zero or one touchdown in eight of their games this year. So I think you're just getting zero or one touchdown against a good run, a good pass defense from Tom Brady. He just gets a C grade. And the only receiver you dare start is Julian Edelman, who's now commanded double-digit targets in a career-high seven straight games and is averaging 83 yards on eight catches per game with three scores in that span. He remains startable with a B grade. If you love this show, please go to fanball.com slash charge and check out my free player rankings, my free $1,000 weekly contest, our auctions and podcasts, and a lot more. And many thanks to everybody who takes the time to rank and review the show on your podcasting platform of choice. Talk to you for round two of the playoffs next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.